Hello everyone and welcome to Premius, the Down to Earth Hasidus podcast. In this episode, we're going to analyze a mimer of the Rebbe of Be'osor Lechoidesh Tovshim Membeis. And this is how it starts. Incredible mimer, short actually, but full of juicy concepts, as you'll see soon. So basically, it's about the Korban Pesach. Um, um, in Sefer Amaimorim Tovshim and Beis, if you have it, or in the Isvaduyois, Toilas Menachem Isvaduyois of Tovshim and Beis, Heileg Beis. So it starts with the Posuk that it says in Parsha Sachoides, we just read the Shabbos, that Hashem told the Eden and the and Rosh Chodesh that on the tenth of the month they have to take a lamb, and then on the fourteenth of that month, after in the afternoon they will slaughter it they'll make it a korban pesach and then the 15th at night they're going they're going to eat it and the rabbi starts a mimer by asking why why is it that there is like a like stations like a long process that they have to first uh the, he tells them on day one of nisan okay the first of nisan you'll go grab it and then on the tenth, you'll you'll take it. On the fourteenth, you'll slaughter it. On the fifteenth, you'll why why can't you just say like take a lamb, make a korban, eat it at night, and each one does it at their own time, or or maybe it's possible to do like if you start early in the morning, I think you could finish grabbing a lamb, um, um, and turning it into uh, whatever a barbecue by night. It's probably there is enough time. But the Rebbe says that obviously there is a there is a spiritual secret. There is like a whole tahalich, like a whole entire an an entire um, process of how to do a korban pesach, and of course it has a spiritual meaning. So the Rebbe says that in the in the seder in the stations of how we do the korban pesach, there is a very deep message hiding, and. That's the whole idea of Korban Pesach and the whole idea actually of Yiddishkeit because that was their first mitzvah when they became Eden going out of Mitzrayim and that's what Yiddishkeit and Chag Pesach is all about and this is what the Rebbe says. The whole idea of Korban Pesach Richlal, is is turning around darkness into light. That's the idea of Korban Pesach. Where do we see it? The idea of the Korban Pesach is that they would take the lamb that was what? What was it at the time? The Avoidazor of Mitzrayim. People literally bow down to it and they prayed to it. It was the Avoidazor, it was the, the, the idol of the time. And the Eden, they were in Mitzrayim. And it's not like deep in their soul they were free and, and, and connected with Hashem, just happened to be in Mitzrayim, you know, by circumstance. No, they even were in Golus, and they even were slave, even in their Ruchniusdik aspect, they were slaves to Mitzrayim. And when Aid is a slave to Mitzrayim, it means that you're being a slave to the slave of the Lamb. And all of a sudden, Bichlal, even according to the Pshat of the story, just hearing the, 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 the literal translation of the story, you know the courage it takes for a people who have been enslaved mentally and physically enslaved for 210 years all of a sudden to grab the god of those who you are slaved to and in their face and say like ha yes 
I'm going to slaughter it because now I'm I'm, I'm making it an offer, an offering for my God, which is the real God. And I'm going to go out of Mitzrayim, etc., etc. It took a lot of courage. But then, if we, like see this always does, it invites us to basically dive into the premiums of our soul, and over there we'll find the right explanation, the right answer to the Seder of the Psukim in Torah, and then we're going to see the marvels of Korban Pesach truly. So let's start with the question, why do we need to take the animal so many days before? Why do we need to take the animal so many days before um, we're going to offer it? We're going to make the Korban Pesach. The Rebbe brings from the Ramaz, Rabbi Moshe Zakuta, I don't know if you ever heard from him, he's one of the Meforshim of Zoyar, that the first three days that you held on to the lamb, it was in order to separate the Gimel Klipois at Meyois from the Klipas Noiga. And that's the beginning of the process. And here the, the, the central idea of the Mimer starts, finally. It's basically like this. We know that the world is divided between two types of Klipa. And actually, before that, the world is Klipa. We know that. Oilom is Miloshan Helem. Helem means concealment. And the world entirely, in its entirety, serves one purpose, to conceal the godliness of Hashem, to conceal the light and the energy of the one creating and sustaining it. That's why a person could, if he so chooses to, if he doesn't search, if a person doesn't look for the MS, you could live your entire 120 years without even knowing that there is a creator or caring about it. Because the world conceals that energy. And even though anything and everything that exists is only locus, but you don't see it. You don't feel it. You don't, you don't, you know, you can't perceive it with your five senses. And therefore, okay, for me, it's as if it's not there. That's the definition of klipa, concealment. That's the shell of a fruit. Right? That's why in Kabbalah, the example for klipa, like where the word klipa referring to tuma comes from, is from nuts because the nuts a goz is begematria hate begematria sin and it's explained that why is a goz begematria hate because the the nuts have like a like a very tough clipper almost like wood it's very very hard and you have to break it and of course you can't eat that if you you, you'll break your teeth and if you manage to break it and you swallow some of it you'll hurt yourself and that's exactly like Gimel Klipois at Meyois. There are things that come from the tree of life. They do come from Hashem. And yet Hashem said, don't touch it because it will hurt you. You won't find the Nitzotelokus inside of there. As opposed to in Klipas Noiga, Klipas Noiga is like the inner and more full of light because that's the, the, the word Noga. Not a lot of very high level of light, but no, like a resemblance. It has some light to it. For example, um, I don't know if you eat a, if you peel a, what's it called? Um, a tangerine, right? You have the hard clipper, you take it off, take it out, and then you have inside like a very thin membrane. That's a clipper that you could eat. It's clipas noiga. It's still the peel. It's not the flesh of the fruit, but you can still eat it. And actually, 
interesting i read recently that that's actually where most of the vitamins and the nutrients of the fruits are in the inside part of the peel very interesting the outside is like the gimel clipos et mayors and the inside what's closer to the fruit is like the clipas noiga and that's what that this idea takes us to the to the hardest challenge in the life of aid and that is separating the gimel clipos et mayors from clipas noiga the rest is relatively easy what do i mean by relatively easy you only need rotsoin if you have the right koyaha rotsoin if you have the right will once you're once you defined once you differentiated what's what then you know what to do with each one with the with the shoish clippers at mayois you push it away you break it you throw it you dismiss it what's garbage is garbage and you must know not to get involved with it and the in the clippers noiga you need to deal with it you need to actually go and get involved with it Now, since this year was originally a Tanya Shiur, and in Mitzrayim after Pesach, we'll, uh, when you come back, we'll go back to be a see-through Tanya class. Um, but I want to mention one Nekuda. I think I probably said it in one of the classes. In, in Perek Zayin, in Tanya, when the Altarebbe talks about Klippas Noiga, he uses a, an interesting language, an interesting expression that even I saw in different English Tanya, I saw it translated differently. And these two words I'm going to emphasize now sometimes are connected to the next um, sentence and sometimes they connected to the previous sentence. It's like a wondrous expression. It says, okay, and then there is, it was talking about Gimel Clippers at Meyois at the end of the previous chapter. And it says, but then there is another, a fourth Klippa, like after the three impure ones, there is a second type of Klippa, which is the fourth one. And that's called Klippas Noiga Shebeoilomaze the Klippas Noiga of this world in which most of it is negative and yet it's Lavdavke prohibited and therefore and goes on to explain what Klippas Noiga is. But interestingly, he calls it the Klippas Noiga of the Ilomaze. And wait, and the, the Kedusha about the Kedusha or the, um, the Gimel Klippas Atmeis, he didn't say the Kedusha of Ilomaze or the Gimel Klippas Atmeis of Ilomaze. Where else would we be talking about? I think that what the Rebbe is trying to emphasize is that Klippas Noiga is the definition of Oilomaze. We have a very small percentage, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to, I would like uh, play with numbers. I would say there is a 5% of absolutely negative Klippa that's unrefinable. It, it makes a lot more noise than we... It occupies more space than we would want, but it's not most of reality. And then there is a, also a small percentage of pure, perfect Kedusha, like a Safar Toiro, like a Tzadik V'toivloi. Like a few things in this life are amazingly, perfectly El Bitul V'metzius to Elakus. Then 90% of reality is Kripas Noiga. And Hashem sent us to this world to get involved with that Kripas Noiga. If Hashem wanted us to only have to do with Kedusha, it would have kept us in heaven. That's much easier. And it would have worked <laughs> better, let's say. And if Hashem wanted us to be animals, it would have made us like animals without a consciousness, just a behemagashmi, and that's it. And yet Hashem made a klipas noiga, and He made us with a, even with a consciousness, with a neshama, ino ilamaze agashmi, 
to become the bridge between Gashmius and Elokus. And that's by dealing with Klippas Noigan, elevating it, using it Nishmo, using it Hashem Shomayim, connecting it with Elokus. But first, you need to work very uh, meticulously on separating the Klippas Noiga from the Sholesh Klippas Atmeyos. Because it doesn't come to you in different packages. You know, like when you go and you buy like the, the envelope of like popcorn, like ready to put in the microwave, you press one button and ta-da, you got a whole bag of popcorn. So you don't get two trays, one with Gimel Klippas Atmeyos and one with Klippas Noiga. The Klippas Noiga one is the one you put in the microwave and the Gimel Klippas Atmeyos is the one you throw in the garbage right away. That would be easy. That's actually how it was in Ganeiden by Olam and Chavo. It says in Chesidus that there was Klippa and there was Kedusha, but it was all separate. And Chetat made the Das, is the connection, was the, the sinful connection, was the connection between goodness and badness, good and bad. It all became one big chulent. And now we're left carrying the bag of the responsibility of having to separate, having to sift through because if you happen to end up eating, using, connecting, thinking, speaking, doing, anything, of Gimel Klippas Atmeis, you'll be in trouble. With Klippas Noiga, you must. So, how do I know? Well, first you need to separate them. That's why it's the toughest part of the Avoido. That's why they needed three full days for that. And actually, the Rebbe explains that the three days are for the Sholoish, for the three Klippas Atmeis. What was allegedly the job during those three days? The job during those three days was to check the lamp up. Basically, they had the lamp tied to the, the um, what's it called, the foot of their bed. It says in tour that they would tie it to their bed. And then they had to look at it, look how it walks or how it eats, if it's healthy, if it doesn't have blemishes, if it doesn't have imperfection, if it doesn't have a moon. And only then you can use it for a korban. And that represents, says the Ramaz, separating the Gimel Klippers at Meyois, which means if it has a moon, it's not Shaykh to become a korban. If it's a bad thing, if it's stolen money, it cannot become a locus by giving it to Tzedakah. If it's tray food, it cannot become a locus by eating it and having koyach to daven or to do mitzvahs. You can't use negativity of Gimel Klippers at Meyois why are they called three? It's a very good question. Not for now. It's a whole concept on itself. It's because in, uh, I think it's in Yechezkel, where the apostle comes from, uh, it says that Yechezkel was waiting to hear the voice of Hashem, and there was like a big storm, and then big clouds, and then a big fire, and those three things represent the three clippers, and there is some idea about it in Kabbalah. I could uh, check it out a little more in depth, and it Hashem one day... Um, I'll give you the full answer. Normally in Chesides though, like in my more Chesides, I think I once in like 30, wow. Okay, time has passed. <laughs> in 30 years, I haven't seen, I think I saw once, one mimer. I don't even remember where. That explains uh, why they're called three clippers. Uh, but any, in any case, for the sake of this mimer, you can just understand them as the impure clippers. But basically, um, you need to make sure that what you're elevating, connecting with Hashem, is only um, what could be elevated. I think you can understand 
that like uh, we always say perhaps in a little exaggerating way on purpose right in order to um, to to emphasize the point <laughs> that for example when you're going to choose a shidach um, if it was choosing between a loyalenu a serial killer or a tzaddik it would be really easy right the problem is that it's never so clear cut it's always like some type of gray and that's when we have to work really hard to separate what's wrong from what's right or what's wrong from what could become right with hard work and life is about hard work hard work with klipas noiga but you have to first make the separation then after those three days we get to the fourth day you dial it and that day that day represents klipas noiga Klipas noiga means that it's partly good, partly bad, and that's why it's separated in two halves of the day. The first half, you still don't touch the lamb, but only after the second half of the day in the afternoon, when it's already the good part of noiga, then we make the korban. The good part of klipas noiga, it's what we elevate and connect and turn into a mitzvah. Actually, something really interesting, those who ask me where the mimer is, please look inside in one very, I don't know what word to use, very clever parenthesis in just one line. The Rebbe gives like a pretty strong punchline statement. He says, and according to one shita, if he did it in the morning, is yoite. You understand what the Rebbe is adding? Even if your involvement with Klipas Noiga ends up being uh, the materiality of Klipas Noiga, let's call it. Uh, it's still fine. But the event, according to one sheet, it's Yoise. You know why? Because it's Klipas Noiga. It's fine. It's part of what, like getting dirty with the mod of Klipas Noiga, it's still part of the job. If it's not mod, excuse me for the expression, if it's something, whatever, dirtier, Okay, so I didn't say the expression that you should excuse me for. <laughs> if it's something dirtier, you shouldn't put your food in there. But if it's mud, fine, it's not the end of the world. You should try not to, but if you did, but yeah, man, and, and that's what it takes to fix the Klipas Noiga, fine, it's part of life. Now, the million dollar question, how do we do this? Wait, I forgot the last, uh, the last part. And then after you, you do the Korban Pesach and you elevate the good of Noiga to Elokus, then you finally got to eat the Korban Pesach. And that is when the Isafcha is completed now. Now the bad has transformed into good. Now the same thing that before was the Avoidosoro that made you bow down for 210 years. You couldn't see the stupid lamb without bowing down to it. You know the feeling? So you can exchange the world lamb for whatever you want. And if you change the world, then you'll see that you could understand the feeling. It's been 210 years. And for the whole entire period, every time I saw the, the dirty lamb, I bow down. It's your own Yetzirah. It's your own Behemoth. It's the one that makes you get in every mess in life. Gashmius or Ruchnius. And we all bow down to it. Comes the Toyo, comes the, comes the Rebbe in the Mimer and says... You could, if you work hard, turn the whole thing into something positive. Something positive. You can tur turn the lamb into a locus mamesh, into a korban pesach. The same thing that was up until five days ago, a big avoid the zorro. 
You would bow down to those who bow down to that thing. And now you're fixing the whole thing. And that's why it takes a process. Now that, now that we understand the inner spiritual dynamic of it, now the question is the other way around, I guess. Like the question would be, how can you do it in four days and five days? That's amazing. It's already not a long time. Now it's not many processes and steps. Now it's actually pretty fast. But how do we do this? So the Rebbe goes through the process and it's basically like this. First, you need to grab the lamb by its horns. You basically need to own your own avoid the Zara. Own it, I mean, take responsibility and accountability for it. Take your own lamb and deal with it. Stop hiding away from it. And of course, stop bowing down to it. That's first. Actually, that's the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu told them. Mishchu u'kchu lochem tzoyin. Moshe Rabbeinu said, um, get away and take a lamb. So Chazal asked, like, wait, wait, why, why is the expression there? Go away to take a lamb. It's a little weird, the expression. And so Chazal translated to mean, go away from Avodah that you're doing so far and grab for yourselves a lamb for Korban Pesach. They literally had to pull their hands off, like literally take your hands off from the worst clipper, from the worst negativity, and then turn around to pay attention to the Avishter, to pay attention to Elokus. That's the first thing. Confront the clipper. Right. It was your Avodah until now, and now you're confronting it. Now you're willing to grab it and to shecht it. But before we shecht it, we're going to do three days of deep checking. We're going to make sure that whatever needs to be tossed will be tossed away. And whatever needs to be fixed will be fixed. That's the only way to turn around Klippa into Kedusha. Otherwise, you'll, the Klippa will still stay within it and then the Kedusha won't do its trick. Remember the story of the Kishkes? Or should I say it again? It's a very good So Chsidim used to tell say it fast. Chsidim used to say, bring a, a, a story that uh, there was this king who went to visit his neighboring king and he went with all of his uh, ministers and his chef and everything. And when they got close to their to, to the palace, they started smelling the, the incredible smell of the good food they prepared. And they were like, so whatever, the king was a big Baltaiba. He was so, you know, inspired. He called his chef and he's like, you're smelling this? Okay, I love it. As soon as we get to the palace, you go to the kitchen, you steal the recipe, you get every detail of it. And I want you to cook that for me for the whole first month, every day. You hear me? Yes, of course, my, uh, your majesty, whatever, I'll do as you wish. So he basically went to the kitchen and he saw that it was gefilte kishke. It was the kishkes of the cow or the lamb, let's say, for the sake of the similarity. Uh, filled with, uh, I don't know, special, a very special recipe. Basically it had 770, um, <laughs> to make a case, steps. You had to clean and do the thing and like, uh, I don't know, harvest the, the vegetables in a special moment of the year and then fry them at a certain temperature and then let it dry and a whole special thing. The guy took the recipe and he made all the details. They go back 
from the visit, he goes into the kitchen right away and he gets to work, he gets a kishke, he does the thing with the vegetables and then the meat and everything. For like two weeks, he's preparing it. Finally, they get to the day that he's gonna serve it and the whole palace stinks like a bathroom. And the king is like, Oy vey, what are you doing? Are you insane? He brought the, the, the plate and the, the, the king fell sick. He's like, what, are you trying to poison me? Are you out of your mind? Don't you know I'm gonna punish you? I can send you to be, to be hanged. Excuse me, one second. Sorry. Um, so basically, the guy says, I promise I did the recipe perfect. And he's like, okay, tell me what you did. And he shows him the 700 steps of everything. And he's like, wait, first of all, did you clean the kishke from the inside? And he's like, oh, that wasn't on the list. Well, you see, if you don't clean the kishke from all its insides, then even if you make the best recipes, it's still going to stink. And that's why the first three days are so important. That's why the way the Rebbe educated us is that in the beginning of Ayid's life, the only, we only learn only Kedusha, only Elokus, only Teireh. Make sure that you fill the kid's mind and heart with love to the Ebishter, with knowledge of Teireh. You build who he is. But then after, when you finish your education, then you have to go out to the world. You don't stay learning in Koilel your entire life. Ah, but if that was the right thing then, why isn't it the right thing now? Well, because <laughs> the idea was to separate you from the Klippa, completely, any type of Klippa, in order to get that Iskafi union that checks out all the three Klippas at Meyes, and only then your Shaykh to dive into the Klippas Noiga and refine it and use it correctly. And that's when the fourth day comes in and you actually make the korban. What is making the korban, says the Rebbe? Taking out the blood, taking out the chayus, the koch, the heat of the klipa. You need to make sure that what was before klipa, now it, it loses its chayus, its negative chayus, and it becomes, and it becomes only a korban for Hashem. It becomes flesh, it becomes meat, that then later you're gonna roast it. There is still an avoider to be done, but once you fix it, then you can eat it. And not just you can eat it, you will enjoy it, says the Rebbe. The korban Pesach is nechal ala soiva. Korban Pesach is nechal ala soiva, which means um, is eaten um, in a way that, you know, when you're like, when you feel satiated and you feel like, ah, oh, I'm full, I have eaten so much. The Rebbe says that's the union of Tainug. Having posted Tainug in the, in the food of the Korban Pesach. And that says the Rebbe is Iskafia versus Isavcha. In the beginning of the way, you need to get away from the negative. You need to separate from the bad. But then, 
and, and, and control the bad. That's his kafia. But then eventually, at some point, and that includes the first two steps, grabbing it and checking it, that's his kafia. But then the korban, making the korban, slaughtering the animal and eating it, it's already the process of his avcha. At that point, after you already remove the gimel klipes at meyes, now that you're dealing with klipas noiga, now it's refinable. Now we're not pushing away. We're not discarding. We're elevating. We're making it better. We're fixing. We're correcting. That's tikkun. We're trying to make a tikkun to the klipa. I was trying to think of practical examples to this concept. I don't know if you realize how strong the idea, how uh, uh, I would even say uh, revolutionary, like every idea of Chesides. Chesides is one big revolution against Teva and limitations and Meitzorim. Imagine someone with a bad Mido, like a bad uh, personality trait. I'm saying imagine because you probably don't have any negative personality trait, but if one day you hear of someone that has something, one of these problems, then you can comment the following. Basically, let's say someone has a problem, a problem with, uh, I don't know, uh, with Abbas Yisrael, with the way he speaks to others. Someone who speaks very emphatically and maybe judgmental and very a perfectionist type of person who's always correcting others. Just one example of any bad media that could, anyone could have. Um, and and then he learns Toiro, he learns a Sefer Musar, he learns a Medresh, and he sees that Ka'as, or, or being tough on others, or uh, uh, making people feel uncomfortable, even if it wasn't your intention. Vehulu, it's a bad Mido. So this person might say to himself, you know what? I'm not going to change. That, that's the way I am. That's, a re that's my natural reaction to things. I don't know what to do about it. So you know what? Um, I have an idea. I'll just be quiet. I'll separate from society. I'll seclude myself. I'll get into my book. I'll get into my work. I'll get into, I'll get busy with something and I won't have to do with others. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna hide away, so to speak, from the situations that might express the negativity, the sholish klipes at of my nefesh abamis, and in that way I save myself and the world something negative. And that's okay for the beginning. Um, there is someone who has to mute her mic, please. Thanks. Um, that's okay for the beginning. In the beginning of the avoido, you need to exercise authority over your nefesh abamis. And that is by doing his kafia. Oh, you want to say something? Just be quiet. You want to say something else? Be quiet. Like Dr. Eber says, boilem piv miledaber. Like, boilem is a very strong word in Hebrew. Um, it's like stopping short. You know, when you like hit the brakes in the car, uh, you realize you're about to crash and you're like, eh, you eat the brakes very, very strong. Okay, that's Liblom. He's boiling piv miledaber. Oh my gosh, you know what I want to... Mm. Boiling piv. And that's Iskafia. 
But it's not the end of the way. It's not the goal and the tachlis. Why? Because then you're not there. If you take distance from reality, because reality makes you sin, then at the end, the clip won. Because what was the Avishter's desire? For you to be involved with reality in the correct and positive and kdushadik and elevating Oilomaze way. But if you go down to Oilomaze and you become a slave and you bow down to it, then it's a problem. If you bow down to your bad midas, it's a problem. If you leash, let out your, your anger, your selfishness, or your whatever bad mido, it's bad. But if you stay away from the world because you have that negative mido or that negative inion, then it's less bad, but it's still bad because you haven't done your shlichus. Because you went away, the Evishter wanted you on the world. If he didn't want you to be involved with the world, he wouldn't have made you here and like this. And if he put you here at this moment, it's because he needs you to be there. So you can't run away from the stage because you're afraid of acting negative, of acting bad. Because like doing your acting, not according to the script, it's bad if you do that on stage. But running away from the stage is also bad. The tachlis is that you practice, that you put yourself together, that you work with yourself, and you develop an inner refinement that gives you finally the courage to come back to the scene, but this time with the corrected nefesh abamis, with a with 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 a direction, a correctly directioned klipas um, noiga. Only then, says the Rebbe you will be fully present, fully there at the moment. What do I mean by this? So the Rebbe explains that the posuk, right? The posuk, one second, I have a question here. Saying the first step is to remove yourself from Klippe completely, learning and then being able to go back into this world. Well, yes, kind of. If you pay attention, that's literally how the Rebbe educated us. We, we're, we're like the more, the most like in yeshiva, in Sam, you go to yeshiva and they tell you atomim, in tonchetmimim, is like his entire life is yeshiva and you don't do anything else by it, but it. And you're like 24 seven into it and there is no world and there is no tachlis and there is no money and there is no career, there is no nothing. Yes, there is time, there is time, Baruch Hashem. Um, and, and, and yet, then right after that, when you're at the peak of your ruchnius and your elevation and your separation, then the Rebbe takes you, tells, tells you, okay, great, I'm happy you got here, turn around, now jump into the world and refine it. Now dedicate to fix it. Dedicate yourself to fix it. Um, and, and for the question, there is no time. I understand the question, but first of all, you have time to totally, you, you have time to totally separate and then come back. So yes, what I'm trying to say is the following. It works in the Chinuch way. You don't realize, but you are, or at least you're meant at this stage of your life to be separated from everything. You're not working, you're not paying your bills, you're not dealing with money, with corruption, with reality in a very physical, gashmius way. You're learning Torah the whole day and being pampered and, and somebody uh, sustains you so you can learn Torah the whole day. That's being separated from the world. And also, even if you think it's not enough, then eventually you could do it in parallel, in one... Sorry. 
like compartments, so to speak, in your mind and during your day. You could have your half an hour that you dedicate to meditate and daven. And even though it's just a half an hour, you're completely there and you're completely separated. And there is token veld for that half an hour. And then the rest of the time, then you dedicate yourself to, to the world. You can always divide the time smartly and you can do it also. In any case, um, so the Rebbe says, continues in the Mimer, that the posuk, the lotion of the posuk is, literally it means like the tent of the month you'll you'll take the lamb and then you'll slaughter it etc but it doesn't say at the at the tent of the month it doesn't say basiri it says beosoir beosoir means something like all the ten for example in modern hebrew the word asor you use it to refer to a decade when you're talking about all the ten years of a decade then you say it's a asor, um, and so the, the question in, in many of the many memoriam of the rebbeim about this, it's just like why does it say be asor lachodesh and not basiri lachodesh like the way it should? And the answer is this an incredible word. The answer is the basiri means at the day, at the tenth day, but be also means all the ten, and the rebbe says that day there days. They mean the koiches of the nefesh. We have ten koiches in our soul. We have ten abilities. Each one of them with their specific context and, and function. And when you do the whole avoid of owning it, grabbing and confronting, then refining and separating, Elevating by taking out the negative chayus and turning it into a korban miloshon korev kiduv to be close to Hashem, and then eating it and enjoying it. When you do the full process of iskafia and isavcha, then you are serving Hashem beosoid. You're serving Hashem with all the tent, not with one of the ten. You're not serving Hashem with the tent, which means the nekuda salev, or the malchus of your soul, which. The, the, the highest and the lowest, they're always connected. You're not just serving Hashem with one tenth of you. You're serving Hashem with all ten. And that's a huge union. Only then you'll be using all your energies, your entire soul for Hashem. And, you, and, and that, that's a huge blessing because finally you won't feel split. Like one part of you is here, one part of you is there. Because, yeah? Oh, I thought it was a question. And to, to finish the, the concept, the Rebbe brings a word of the Baal Shem Tov, and like always, the, the, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov are, on one hand, so simple. Here, the, he adds like one word to a pasuk in order to explain it. Like with one word, it literally changes the whole entire perspective. There is a pasuk in Tehillim that basically summarizes the whole Yiddishkeit in four words. Interesting, right? Imagine if you had to summarize the whole Yiddishkeit in four words. So, it says, Sur Apparently pretty simple. Get away from bad, do the good. Don't do bad, don't do harm, do good. Then you have 20,000 books about what's bad and how you should not do it, what's good and how should you do it. But then the, the, the bottom line is basically don't do bad, just do good. Comes about Shem Tov. That's one word in Hebrew, 
two words in English, and it changes the whole entire meaning of the Pasuk, giving us a whole new dynamic, spiritual dynamic of how to look at life. It says, Sur meirah, get away from bad, va'asei, and do, or make, mehara, that's a word that he adds, from the bad itself, toiv, good. Not that you have two separate avoiders, one to get away from bad, and then dedicate yourself only to good stuff, like don't use any clipper, use Kedusha. Mm-mm, that's not what it means. That's only in the beginning. It's the Pshat of the Postuk, of course, it's also truth, but the Pshat, it's Oilo Moasio, which means it's the lowest Madrego, and that's the most basic thing you do. Don't do bad, do good. But that's in the beginning. When you advance in your Avoid Hashem, it's after you don't do bad, you do from the bad good. Which means that not only you go out from Klippa and you dedicate to Kedusha, you go back to whichever part of Klippa is to be refined and you turn the Klippa itself into Kedusha. That's our job in life. And I can't stress enough how important this is because it's a change, it's a paradigm shift. It, it, it changes your philosophy of life. The Tachlis and the target is not up there and therefore you should run out away from down here to go up there but it's the opposite that's only the beginning that's only in order for you to go up there and get the batteries your batteries charged in the right way but then you have to go down you have to go down and turn the bad into good if you pay attention this is a very simple concept what i'm going to say but the highest and most important meters of Torah are done in with things and in circumstances and situations that in the belt they're the lowest clippers. What's the mitzvah that it says in Tanya and Periklamedzain that is the most important mitzvah, the one that refines the most of Elamazi Agashmi, the one that, that brings Geulo? Tzedakah. What do you do tzedakah with? Money. Do you know what money can do? Forget about can do. You know what money does? Corruption, wars, politics, death sickness like the list is literally insane and it's all because of money what do we do with that same money a korban pesach the gantevelt is bowing down to that thing they draw a franklin and they bow down to it and the Torah comes and says it's true that's negative and stupid and low but it doesn't mean you should burn your dollar bill it means you should learn how to use it for kedusha And yes, yes, it's a constant process. It's a cycle. So uh, at, in some way during childhood and then when you grow up, it's more or less the time that you're going through. Um, now you have to do this project in, in, pro, uh, process in, in real time, let's say. And yet throughout life is a constant cycle that we're always within that idea. You surmera, it's important to, re, to remember. In the beginning it is surmera. And in the beginning of each moment, it is Surmera, but then, but then, is Vaase Mehara Toiv. And that's a Tachlis. You take the money and you turn it into Tzedako. The worst Tumes that you could find by the Goim, and uh, it's not the place learning a mimer to give 
uh, details about this, but you already know well enough. It's all the union of Tznius and whatever, Tuma. They do the worst things. Comes the Torah and says that getting married is the, the holiest mitzvah. Having children, building a family, bringing bringing generations of Eden who are going to serve Hashem. It's the most beautiful mitzvah. The whole Yiddishkeit is based on, on a family. The family is the nuclei, the, the, the nuclei, that's how you say in English, of the whole Yiddishkeit. So for us, whatever, whatever for the Goim is the, 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 the lowest of the Zorah, for us is a Korban Pesach. And yes, of course, you can't just grab the Abu Zorah and dance Pesach with it. That would be the Cheto Egel. Now you need a... That's later. <laughs> now you need to take the, the, the lamb and turn it into, and turn it into a locus. But how? Yes, there is a process. You have to grab it. You have to own it. You have to check it. You have to separate it. You have to elevate it. And then you have to finally consume it and enjoy it. But the idea is to enjoy Avodah Hashem and to have Tainug in the Inyonim of Klipas Noiga that are now being used for Elokus. Like the example that the Tanya uses, like drinking wine or eating meat in order to make your, your, your senses more awake and be able to, to learn Torah, etc. And that, of course, connects with, with Shlichus and the whole style of life that the Rebbe educated us with. I think this should also be a good starting point for uh, a little Hiskashus Cheshwan Nefesh getting uh, closer to you, Dalef Nisan. Um, if my Hiskashus is only like, you know, saying, oh, how great the Rebbe, my Rebbe is, and like giving a round of applause to the Rebbe, or if it's listening to Isairos, or if it's even higher, becoming one with his teachings actually incorporating these ideas and changing our life according to this. That would be the challenge for this week. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll hear each other again in Mitzvah Sam next week.